0: It says, after removing Saul, who was the first king, but he, you know, he sinned against God. And, and he made David their king. God made David their king. He testified concerning him. I have found David, son of Jesse, a man after my own heart. Um, this is God saying, I have found, this guy is a man after my own heart. He will do everything I want him to do. Man, can you imagine God saying that about you? You know, I can't even imagine my wife saying that about me you know but imagine God saying this guy this guy he is a man after my own heart and he will do everything I want him to do and all Israelites look to him uh, during his lifetime and also even after and in the history to come after uh, as the greatest king there ever was for them right and as much as he accomplished David accomplished a lot of things as much as uh, he he demonstrated his love for God, you know, to a point where he was dancing so excitedly that his robe was falling off because he was just ecstatic. He was in ecstasy, you know, in worship and praising the Lord, um, and, and he was being despised by, by, his, by his, his own wife. His heart, his love and affection and desire for the Lord was undeniable, unquestioned, you know, um, and, and, and as, as much as he, as, as beloved as he was, he wasn't what? Perfect. He fell. He stumbled. He sinned not only against his people, but by sinning against his people, he sinned against God. Right And so there was this office of king that were to sort of you know give people the idea of, of what's to come. you know the perfect king, the perfect ruler, the, the, the best thing that will come. It, the, the humans, uh, we, we kept falling short of that, and David, even as uh, beloved as he was, even as, uh, as much as he loved God, he was he fell short. He sinned, and he wasn't perfect, and he made mistakes, and he you know sinned. Right? And then you fast forward to the coming of Jesus Christ. So all the things that the office of the king were to foreshadow, all the, the areas that people fell short, even King David, the most beloved King David, he fell short. When Christ came, he fulfilled the rule of the king, both then and in the future. Okay? So let's go back to Hebrews 11:1 1 through 3. Look at verse 3. He sat down at the right hand of the majesty in heaven. Okay, he's being exalted. He's being glorified. He's being lifted up. Okay, and as much as, like I said, he was, uh, David was loved by the people of Israel. David wasn't perfect. Christ, however, when he came, he became the perfect king who would rule in all the ways that we talked about, but most in peace and justice, Right? And this is very interesting. When you look at the person of Jesus Christ, you, you, you can tell that he had this self-awareness. Okay, I don't know if you ask me, when did he realize this? I don't know. I, I honestly don't think anybody knows exactly. right? But when you look at Jesus' ministry through the Gospels, you see uh, different points in his ministry where he is addressed as king, right? And he doesn't correct them. He doesn't say, Don't call me king. You crazy. He doesn't do that. He receives it. He receives the title. Okay, there are numerous places in the gospels. Okay. Um, At the same time, at the same time, he recognized that his kingdom, his kingship, wasn't political in the earthly sense only. Okay? When he was put on trial, John 18, 36, Jesus answered. My king. So he's being asked, you know, are you the king of the Jews? He's arrested and he's, you know, uh, he's being questioned by the leadership. And are you the king of the Jews as they say? And, and Jesus says, my kingdom. See, he doesn't deny that he is king. But he says this, my kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, my servants would have been fighting. In fact, when Jesus was arrested or about to be arrested, what does, the, what does Peter do? The hot-tempered, you know, that, that, that burly fisherman Peter. What does he do? What does he do? he takes out a knife right and and he cuts off a, a, a ear oh i just <laughs> he cuts off an ear of one of the servants that came to arrest jesus right and jesus heals him and hey this is not what i'm about this is not what i'm about he says right he says my kingdom is not of this world if my kingdom were of this world my servants would have been fighting that i might not be delivered over to the jews but my kingdom is not from this world my kingdom is not from this world. And you, you keep going in, in the Bible, and then you get all the way to Revelation 19, and, and it says what? That he is king of kings, lord of lords, and all people, all tribes, all them, they will bow before him. So we have this future reality of Jesus as the king of the universe, king of all kings. And Jesus recognizes his identity as the king of all King of all things. And, and he sees the future reality. Um, and so, he, you know, he, he recognizes that at the same time, he also understands he must first, what? Go to the cross. He must first go to the cross. And so Jesus comes to us. And he will rule as the perfect king as it says in Hebrews, as it says in in, in the Gospels, and as it says in Paul's epistles, and as it says in Revelation, that he will rule as the perfect king. And when all the things that we talked about of an ideal uh, kingdom, and it will exceed that, all of that, far greater than all things that we can imagine uh, to be what would be the ideal nation or kingdom or or state of the world or creation, it will exceed all of those things, and he will rule as that. So that reality had already been ushered in with coming of Jesus Christ, but it hasn't been 100% fulfilled yet. So I say this every time, you know, that we are living in already but not yet. This kind of in-between reality. That's why we experience evil and suffering in this world as people are being saved, as people come to their faith in Jesus Christ and recognize His, He is the true King. He is the real King. He is the King of Kings. But we live in this world, and that future reality hasn't completely manifested itself yet. It hasn't completed its picture yet. But, so we live with this awareness and knowledge of future coming reality. So for us, that is reality at the moment. But we find ourselves living in this world where other parts of creation and people have not recognized that yet. And that's why there's conflict. Right? But we understand that Jesus is the king who will rule and once we recognize that, it gives us uh, some things that we need to think about and respond to, and implications for believers who recognize Jesus as our king, okay? First of all, lordship, lordship, right? You, have you ever called anybody lord before? Never, I hope not. Like, oh, you have? who? Oh, his name was Lord. Okay. All right. Yeah. Went in there and I'm like, sir, you know, do you have a nickname or something, you know? What your friends <laughs> Yeah, yeah. They call me Lord. Wow, Okay, that's smart. That's smart. How much is it to change your name? <laughs> that's smart. I I, I got to think about that one. Okay. Well, okay. So, you've called your patient Lord before, but I don't think in the in the, in the same way that we were talking about. <laughs> you know, but lordship right and and we're not talking about democratically elected president right okay we're talking the bible never uses the word uh, president okay elected president this is the creator this is god himself this he comes as king and the thing about king that's different from a president you know or even prime minister or these things is they have absolute rule Right, they have absolute, rule. and king is in fact uh, your you the the people become subject. People become uh, the subjects of the king, right? And king has absolute rule over his people. Of course, bad kings will abuse that, okay? And good kings will use that to bless. His people right okay so the first thing when we recognize that Jesus Christ is our king we recognize in the Bible okay these were the, uh, the faulty kings but Jesus Christ came as a perfect king and he will in future in fact rule as uh, the great king okay over all things and when we recognize that how does that affect me first is that uh, my Lord member, that future reality is current reality for Christians it is for the believers right now, today, this moment, right now. You sit here. If you're sitting here and you confess Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, that Lord, don't take that lightly, okay? Don't take that lightly, okay? You call somebody king, you call somebody Lord, that person is, the, is in fact the Lord of your life. What does that mean? I am no longer my own, but that I am his, that I belong to Him. I don't make decisions based on my own self-interest. Okay, That's kind of tough for a lot of people to take. Okay, I don't make decisions based on my own self-interest, but based on King's interest. Based on God's interest. How does that translate into our prayer? What is God doing right now, and how can I be a part of that? Okay, Get in the habit of praying that prayer. Okay, not If you truly recognize Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, and, and you say that he is my king, we sang a whole bunch of songs talking about that. Okay, you are my king, you are my king. You know, God, you are the rightful ruler. Okay, then get in the habit of praying, you know, not just listing a bunch of requests that you have, okay, but praying, God, What is your will? What are you doing in my life, in the life of my family, in the life of my church, in this city, in this state, in this nation, in the world? What are you doing? What is your will? And how can I be a part of that? How can I be a part of what you're doing? Because, let me tell you, if you're constantly fighting with God, if you're, if you're, if you're you know, imposing your will, imposing your requests, imposing your wants okay, up against God's will without consideration to what God might be doing, what God might be thinking about, what God might be desiring for his people in the world, you will find yourself going against God. And let me tell you, that's not a fun place to be. That's not a fun place to be. I don't even like going against my wife. That's not fun, okay? Multiply my wife by, like, however many infinite times, okay? You find yourself going, I'm not saying she's, like, the God representative in my life. Okay, please don't misquote me on that, okay? All right, okay? Um, but God, you find yourself going against God. In fact, what did Paul's teacher Say to other leaders, you know, just let them be. You know, if you're, then you're just gonna find yourself fighting against what God is doing, okay? Don't fight against God. Don't resist God. So get in the habit of praying. If you truly believe that he is your Lord, pray every prayer. Don't forget to put this in there. God, what are you doing right now? How do you want me be, to be a part of what you're doing? Okay? Second thing that that uh, has implications in our life It's about allegiance allegiance Okay, who are you loyal to who are you loyal to when push comes to shove whose side are you going to take there are hundreds of uh, things and people that are fighting for our allegiance every single day our every waking moment things are competing for our attention for our loyalty Okay, but at the end of the day who are you loyal to? The world? The enemy who's trying to get you as far away from God as possible? Or even yourself? Are you more loyal to yourself than to God? Who are you loyal to? The third thing, priorities. Matthew uh, 6, But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. You know, and here's here's a problem. A lot of people love that verse, and it's very challenging. It's convicting, and you know, it's. Uh, do you guys recognize that verse? After Jesus being, was tempted in the desert for forty days, you know, uh, Jesus, you, know uh, you know, Satan comes and tempts him. You know, jump off this thing, and you know, he will save you, and, and turn the stone into bread. You know, bow to me. I'll give you all these things, and and Jesus looks at Satan, you know, his enemy, and says. But seek first His kingdom and His righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Man, seek God's kingdom first, and all the things that you are offering me right now—you're fake offering me. You know, it's just a shell of an offer. You're 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 a cheat. You know, you're a liar. You and you're, you're offer, offering this this the shell of what what looks good to me. But do you understand? It says, seek first His kingdom and His righteousness, and all these other things will be given to you as well. And people are by this people inspired by jesus example and say yeah you know seek first his kingdom and all these other things uh, uh will be added unto me but the problem is a lot of people focus on the second half of that verse all these things will be given to you as well that becomes their motive and do you understand that you're you're, you're manipulating god you're cheating you don't fully understand what jesus is saying here He's saying seek first his kingdom, not seek these things so in order to get that seek God's kingdom. Do you see the difference here? Okay, but a lot of us get that flipped upside down and, okay, so I can get all these things. If I want those things, if I want want wholeness, if I want wellness, if I want wealth, if I want comfort, if I want peace, if I want success for my, not only for myself, but my children and their children and for all generations to come. If I'll name for myself and for my family, I'm going to seek his kingdom and I'm going to worship him because then he will give me those things. No, it's not, it's the other way around. He says, seek first his kingdom. Whether he gives it to you, how he gives it to you, how you experience it in your life, that's not up to you. Jesus says, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. God's righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. Meaning, get your priorities straight. What are your priorities? I feel like Bradley just said, amen. (laughs) He's just like, preacher. yeah, yeah. Get your priorities straight. Get your priorities straight. What are you? You may, in fact, and this is where we have to be really careful in discerning, you may even be saying, God is my priority. And I know so many Christian brothers and sisters who say that, so devout. But at the end of the day, at the end of the day, their priorities are not God. It is for the things they think they can get from God if they are devout, if they are devoted. If none of these things are there, will you still put God as your top priority? How do you check your priorities? How do you check your priorities? Everybody take out your checkbooks. No, I'm just kidding. You don't have to do it right now. They say if you want to check your priorities, just look at your uh, bank statement, right? I mean, that, that's the, one of the easiest ways to, you know, fine. Where, where, Money is, is for us. It's like, for a lot of us, it is like God, you know. But how do you spend money? How do you spend wealth? Where is the most of your money going? If it's, all of it is going to, you know, just, I don't know, eating out every single day like you know breakfast you find, you know i mean like it's just like that's all you're consumed with and you look at your statement you know and you're you're going to all the hot joints in la county like you know whatever like yelp is your best friend and you're just and you look at your bank statement man i spent like three thousand dollars this month on just finding the best food that i can feed myself and my family then maybe i'm just saying just maybe that might be your greatest priority in your life if you look at your bank statement and you say, um, you know, most of your money, most of your money is going into stocks. Okay, I'm, not, I'm not, you know, talking about the wisdom of investment. I'm not talking about that. But if that is what's consuming you, if that is what's consuming you, maybe that is your greatest priority. Like how you can retire, uh, you know, comfortably, you know, uh, securely. I'm not saying that's bad we have to be wise okay but i'm just saying how how much what is enough right if all your money (laughs) if all your money is going to your clothes or i'm kind of exaggerating obviously these are very extreme examples nobody is going to be spending three thousand dollars i hope not you know on on food eating out every day or whatever but look at your checkbook And, and 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 if you look at your your, your bank statement and, and you, 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 you can kind of see certain patterns, okay? And, and you're able to kind of see priorities. So that's one way to check your priorities. The other way is look at how you manage your time. Look at how you spend your time, okay? Look at how you spend your time. What do you spend the most amount of time on doing or not doing, all right? Just sitting there, just kind of... Uh, You know, I love doing that sometimes, (laughs) just kind of sitting on the couch and just not thinking about anything. But, you know, I don't do that for hours, you know. Uh, But uh, what is it? I I don't know. Maybe it's going out and seeing your friends and, and just kind of hanging out all the time. And maybe that's your greatest priority. And as a result, your money will also go with that as well. Okay, how much time are you spend actually praying? And this is, you know, I, I look at myself. I'm not looking at anybody else. You know, um, if I, I, I say that it is important to, you know, uh, maintain our relationship with God and spend time with God. But I look at my own life. How much time do I spend reading the Word and really reflecting? You know, I. Watching one sitcom episode of Friends or Seinfeld, because I don't watch any new ones, I still watch the old ones, you know, because old ones are better, you know, new ones suck, okay, (laughs) all right? You know, that 30 minutes, man, including commercials, goes by like that, you know? But man, for me to, I'm just being honest, for me to sit down for 30 minutes, just undisturbed, just focused on the Word, man, it's like the things that I have never thought about in 10 years just come flooding back to my mind as soon as I open the Word, you know? And it is a discipline. It is, I have to make it a habit of that. I have to make it a priority and, and spend time doing that. So look at how you spend your time. And look at your priorities. How are you spending your time, your money, your energy, your, all your thoughts, you know, and, and are you focusing on spiritually growing? Are you spending time taking care of yourself spiritually? We're so good at, you know, taking care of ourselves uh, with, uh, you know, oh, I need a break. I need to go on this trip. I need, I need to do this. I need to relax. I need to, I, I, I'm like that too. But that's fine. Do that too. But that's not to be done in place of taking care of your own spiritual life. And finally, number four, and I think this is really important, is Mission is a mission. I'm not talking about getting on a boat or a plane and going to Africa somewhere. That's not, you know, uh, what I'm talking about. But mission is in, is in, is in your lifelong objective. Your, the purpose of your life. What is your objective in life? Okay? Now, last week, we talked about the fact that Jesus was a prophet. So, he, in, in, through his spirit, we're, we're, we are called, we're enabled to be prophetic voices in this world. And that is our prophetic role. Okay? Now, today, we're talking about Jesus as the king. Now, because Jesus is the ultimate king, you understand that we have a kingly role in this world as his children. And that informs our mission, our purpose in this life, I looked up the word ambassador online, and the definition that I liked um, was this: In the strictest sense, U.S. ambassadors. I looked up U.S. ambassador. U.S. ambassadors represent the president of the United States in an official capacity in foreign national nations and communities. U.S. ambassadors represent the President of the United States in an official capacity in foreign nations and communities. If we understand that we have this future reality that's coming and that for us it is a current reality, but we're living in a foreign nation, we are in fact pilgrims passing through, we are in fact not of this world, but our citizenship belongs to heaven to, with our God, that we, what is our role right now? What is our greatest objective? What is our greatest mission as children of God? That we are, in fact, ambassadors of God in this world. That representing God, Jesus Christ, our king, in an official capacity in this world, representing who he is and what he's about, what his message is. So our mission changes. I no longer live for myself. I no longer even live for my children. For all you Asian parents, (laughs) okay? You do not live for your children. Love your children. Please love your children. Don't sin against them. Love your children. But you do not live for them. Okay? Our priority, our allegiance, okay? our mission, our objective in life. We are to represent God in an official capacity in the world. As a church, as individual believers, what does that mean? You go to a foreign nation, you're traveling in a foreign world, and you see an ambassador, or they, you know, then... For all practical purposes, that is the person representing the United States in that country, right? If they have an issue with our president, they call up, they go to the embassy and they they call out the ambassador, the diplomat, right? Because they represent. And what they do, if they mess up, they start doing some, you know, crazy things over there, what happens to them? (laughs) They get called back, right? Because they're not doing a good job of representing what the U.S. is about, our values, right? Whatever we do, whatever our vocational callings may be, all of our mission, all of our purpose, our objective is to represent God in this world. So we have a kingly ministry on this earth in that regard. Okay? So we're going to go to the Lord in prayer with all of these things. And, and this is what I want us to uh, reflect on and pray about. Okay, Um, I said, you know, your lordship changes, your allegiance changes, your priorities changes, your um, uh, mission, you know, it gets put into a different perspective because now it's all about God, not about you. Okay, and when you do that, you find yourself fulfilling the role that you were created for, and then it it, it becomes fulfilling, and then it becomes satisfying, and then you will experience that joy because you are living uh, uh, for what you were created for. Okay? Now so think about all those things, and I want you to, you know, as we think about this, also understand that um, because we have kingly ministry, we have prophetic role in the world, we have kingly role in the world representing God, that we don't divorce current reality from our faith. Okay? We are to inform this world, we are to affect this world, we have an input in this world. Okay, so so pray about how we can minister to this world as representatives of God, okay, of a righteous God, of a just God, okay, of a loving God, of a merciful God in this world. And with that, I have just a couple more specific things that that I want you to pray about and encourage you with. First of all, you are representatives of God in this world. Listen very carefully, okay? You are representatives of God in this world. Meaning, be proud. Be proud. Be proud of who you are as a child of God. I see more and more Christians just kind of, yeah, I'm a Christian, you know, or just or kind of like afraid to pray in public or afraid to say anything related to their own faith because they're afraid of people ridiculing them. People, you know, you travel anywhere else in the world and, and, and when we were living in China, we saw this, you know, and, and, and after you lived there for a while, you kind of, forget that you're an American but and, and when you see Americans coming as tour groups or you know, short-term teams or whatever, you kind of see it and you remember again. But man, when you see United States citizens traveling abroad, they have a certain air of arrogance about them. Do you know what I'm talking about? Okay, and, 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 some, and I, after a few years of living there, whenever I saw that, I kind of almost got annoyed, man. Man, Americans, they think they own everything. And I'm like, oh yeah, I have a U.S. passport too. <laughs> you know, I have that too. But do you understand that Americans, maybe not, not so much anymore, but man, for a longest period of time, Americans going abroad, we were proud. Yeah, my passport says I'm a, of, a citizen of the United States of America. And they walked around with their hell high, like literally thinking they own everything. Right? You are a citizen of God's kingdom. Be proud. You represent the creator God. Don't be ashamed of your faith in this world, whether in workplace, whether at home, whether at school, wherever you might be. I'm not talking about wearing cheesy Christian T-shirts and putting bumper stickers on your cars. That's not what I'm talking about. Your identity, be proud of being called a child of God. Hold your head high as a Christian. And the second thing, and we'll go to the Lord in prayer. Americans traveling abroad, as proud as they are, they're always a the target of thieves and criminals. Right? You understand, understand that spiritual warfare is real. Understand, as representatives of of God, there is a force that is trying to take you down, that is trying to get you away, that is trying to mess you up so that you don't correctly, accurately represent the king, thereby ruining the work of the gospel. Be alert. Be alert. As representatives of the king, Be proud, but be alert. Be spiritually alert. Be spiritually alert. Okay, so let's go to the Lord in prayer for uh, these things right now. Ask the Lord to convict you. Lord, who is my Lord? I say that you are, but are you really? Have I made something else, my Lord? What are my priorities? what are my objectives in life who am I living for who am I living for I want to live for the king I don't want to live against the will of my king I want to find out what my king is doing in the world and I want to participate in what he is doing